to the person next to you and say hello and have a seat. Well, good morning to everyone and everyone joining us online. I hope you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving. You guys eat a ton of food, turkey. Who does the fried turkey? Nice. God bless y'all. That's got to be good. I've never had fried turkey, so somebody's got to hook me up there. Well, hey, welcome to church. So glad that you guys are here. If you are a guest with us, uh, so glad that you decided to join us. Hopefully you uh, saw that table as you came in. This is first-time guest. Stop here. If not, I want to encourage you after service, go and visit that table. There is a free gift that's waiting there for you and somebody to answer any question that you might have about the church. Uh, also, hopefully you got a program as you came in. There's a connection card in there. So if you just want to go ahead and fill that out, there's going to be some buckets that come by during this next song. Just uh, drop that in there. Uh, again, this is just another way that we can just say, hey, welcome to the church. Reach out to you. Answer any questions that you might have. But we're so glad that you decided to join us this morning. Uh, also, I want to encourage you to pull out your cell phones, check in on whatever social media platform you use. Uh, we have another service, next service, that's going to be completely different from this one, and then even one at 6 o'clock tonight. So maybe somebody will see that, and you can invite them to join you for the next couple of revival services. And so it is a great uh, opportunity for you to be able to do that and engage with your social community. Uh, also, wanted to encourage you, if you're joining us online, just click that share button, and you can have somebody join you at salemfields.com slash live uh, so that they can stream the service with you. Uh, we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings during this next song. Again, this is just another way that we get the opportunity to worship God here at Salem Fields. And so that's by giving him the first fruits of what he's given us. And I, I could tell you I've experienced the joy of giving and just being able to just honor God in that way. It has just uh, really just been such a blessing. And I'm just so thankful uh, to just watch God move and use that. And so uh, hopefully if you are a guest with us, you do not have to feel obligated to give. Uh, but if you would like to, there are many ways that you can. You can give cash or check as the buckets come by. Go out to one of the giving kiosks and give debit or credit out there. If you're online, just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Or as always, you can give safely and securely through the Salem Fields Community Church app. Well, Revival has been great so far with Susie, and we're so thankful to have her. Uh, and it continues. Next service, like I said, is a completely different service. And the same thing tonight uh, at 6. We're going to have food beforehand, so get here at 5.15, right? Is that right? Yep. Here at 5.15, we're going to have food and then uh, kick everything off at 6 o'clock. So I want to encourage you guys to come back for both of those. Also coming up is our Christmas festival. This is an opportunity for us to really just celebrate the season with our community and our family and our friends and our neighbors. And so we want to encourage you to invite as many people as you can. It is a great time. There's plenty of activities for the whole family. Uh, but we also still have some opportunities to serve. So I want to encourage you to go visit the table out in the lobby as you leave here uh, and get signed up. There are many ways to connect. And so uh, definitely invite and serve if you can. And then lastly, uh, we start a brand new series next week called Get Lit This Christmas. And it's all about being the light that Jesus calls us to be 
uh, especially during this Christmas season. And so uh, we've been talking about uh, just that, even with our Thanksgiving offering, about being a light in this dark world. Uh, and so watch this. Well, did you know that the light from the stars we see tonight took years to get to us? A light passing through time to cut through the darkness and fill our current sky with the brightness. Take Polaris, for instance. The North Star takes 600 years for its light to get to us. And that's the opportunity that we have every day to bring light into darkness. That's what Jesus did. And as we love and serve him, we get to carry his light with us. And every time we love others or give to others or serve them, we are showing them just who Jesus is. We may not ever see the light that we bring and the difference it makes, but just like the stars, one day, maybe even hundreds of years and generations later, the light that we gave will burst forth into someone's darkness. Maybe it's someone in a village in India discovering the love of Jesus. Maybe it's a child in Nigeria getting to go to school. Maybe it's just someone right down the street that learns how much they matter to God. Whether it's this year or thousands of years down the road, what we sow today, the light that we give, our choices, our efforts, our love, our generosity will last, impacting souls and transforming generations from this lifetime into eternity, to infinity and beyond. I wanna give light just like the stars to show people Jesus, Dad. Me too, sweetheart. Me too. Well, good morning. Thought you might like to see that video one more time. I thought it was a very, very well done video and uh, spoke the message very well of our Thanksgiving offering. So I have some good news with our Thanksgiving offering, and that is that we uh, have raised $32,487. That's his. That is good. Now, there's some other news that goes along with that. That means that we're about $28,000 short of our goal, and our goal is very, very important uh, that we reach that goal because there's people that are counting on us. Uh, every year, they count on us to provide uh, help for them to do ministry, and uh, those in our community and even in our church that count on us to help when times are not going so well, and uh, so we just want to continue to give you the opportunity to give. Uh, there's cards in your program, and there's uh, pens in the back of the chair. If you did not have the opportunity last week to give, uh, we hope that you'll do that today. Our goal and our hope was that everybody would give something. You know, so, uh, no matter how small or large your gift may be, it all counts and all adds up, and we really, really want to make that goal this year uh, as we serve uh, those in our community and around the world. Uh, not only does it go to help our ministries in Nigeria and India, but it goes uh, to the Church of the Nazarene to 166 world countries. So you can see how important it is, every dime, nickel, penny, and $100 and $1,000 that we get, how important it is uh, to fulfill our goals so that we can help people find uh, light in a dark, dark world. So thank you for your giving. Those who have already given, we really, really appreciate it. And those who are still waiting to give, today would be an awesome time. You can put your card in the bucket, or you can bring it up and stick it in the uh, container up here at the front at our table, uh, and if you just want to give today, you can put cash in there, check, you can go out to the kiosks and give, or you can give online as usual. So thank you so much for your giving, and God bless. So as those buckets pass by, we're going to continue to to worship. we got a brand new song to teach you all, celebrate this Thanksgiving season. It's all about just having a heart of gratitude for all that God has done in each and every single one of our lives. So as those buckets pass by, why don't you stand with us?
continues to do. Even when I just feel like I don't deserve it, he's still there. He still meets us wherever we are at. And there's something just so beautiful about just sinking into the arms and the truth of Jesus. The fact that he's for each and every single one of us. And just the whole fact of when we are in his presence, amazing things happen. And that's kind of what revival is all about. It's about coming into the presence of God with an open heart and just allowing him to speak and to revive and to renew and to restore the the deepest places of us. And so that's why we're here. And I can't think of a better way just to enter even into the Christmas season of just saying, God, I just want to be open to whatever it is that you want to do in these moments. I, I don't want to get caught up in all that we can get caught up in. But God, I just want to rest in your presence because I know that that's where life is found. I know that that's where truth is found. And so let's just appreciate these moments. Let's not rush through them. Let's not rush out of them. Let's just fall into the arms of Jesus and say, God, move. I invite your presence. Speak what only you can speak and do what only you can do. So let's invite him to do that together, okay? Let's open our hearts.
for your presence with us here right now. You promised us and you keep your promises that you are always with us. And so, Father, I pray that our hearts will be open to you. We celebrate and we thank you for the love that you give to us, God. We can't even 
imagine how deep that love is. Our minds tend to be human, but Father, I pray that each one of us would connect with you here this morning and that you would take us to a place that would hear your words and hear your heart. And I pray, Lord, that each one of us would grow closer to you, that we would make that commitment, Lord, that we'll walk with you every step of the way. Father, we need to be revived. And so, Lord, I pray that each one of us would have an open heart, an open mind, that your word would penetrate our hearts, Lord, so that we can know you more, so that our, our eyes will be open, our ears will hear your voice. Father, thank you so much for Susie and her dedication, her commitment, her life that's been given to you to break the word of God around the world. And so, Father, this morning we're honored and privileged to have her. But most of all, Lord, we're honored and privileged to have you, Holy Spirit, guide and direct us throughout this time. Father, thank you so much. We're going to give you glory for everything that happens here, the seen and the unseen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, we have a treat here today, and here's the treat. Susie. <laughs> <laughs> She's my friend. We discovered last night, we figured it up. We've been friends for about 30 years. I went to pick her up at the airport for a youth event. And uh, after that, we just started traveling the world together. We've been to Japan and Brazil and Venezuela, all around the world. And I've, sw I've swam with dolphins with her. And <laughs> we've had some good times. We've had some difficult times. We're two very different people. Uh, differences that have come together and God has unified in a very special friendship. But that's our friendship. How many people have heard Susie before? Yeah, wow. we love her. And uh, there is no doubt that her heart has been given to the Lord to break open the word of God to people. And she does that in small venues, large venues around the world and locally where she lives. She's an Oklahoman. Who won that game last night? I don't know. Sooners? Okay. I think that's good for Rich, right? Okay. So would you give Susie a Virginia welcome here? Thank you, Pastor Gay, Pastor Buddy. I love them, and I love being in this church. I've always loved Salem Fields. Well, it's true. He broke my heart. I mean, I was severely hurt by what he said, but I, I couldn't argue because I knew it was true, and I knew that he loved me, and he had always spoken <laughs> truth to me, but still it was hard to hear, and it was so hard to hear that my heart just felt wounded and even kind of torn apart or, or severed. Who was this person that would say such hurtful things to me. It was someone I loved dearly. It was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, a few months ago, when I was reading my morning, reading in the Bible, my morning quiet time, began to speak to my heart and began to say, as I read a verse that we'll read in a minute, Matthew 5, 13, Susie, you are losing your saltiness. <gasps> oh! I felt a knife had been put through my heart. But he began to bring back to my mind uh, the day before when a telemarketer called. And, oh, you know what, what I'm talking about, don't you? And uh, it was, they were selling health insurance, and I tried so hard to interrupt. I already have health insurance. Okay, okay just a minute. Okay, just a minute. Okay, I already have health I, I, don't, I don't need more. I just wouldn't, wouldn't let me get in edgewise. And finally I found myself screaming, I have health insurance, and just hanging up. I wasn't being salt. And then a, a few days even earlier than that, I remember I was, I was in a hurry and was supposed to be somewhere and I was running late and I had to run to Walmart quickly to pick something up and couldn't find it and asked an employee, okay, wh what aisle is whatever on? And Well, it's on aisle 13. No, it's not. I've already looked. Come on, help me. Show me where it is. That wasn't being salt. And so I knew the Holy Spirit loved me and has always loved me and was always truthful to me. And I found myself saying, oh, dear God, you're right, I am so sorry. And this frightens me. I don't want to lose my saltiness. I want to be you. I want to be salt in a flavorless world. Will you make me salty again? Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit is faithful to show us those areas in our lives where, where we're kind of slipping 
where we need to say, dear God, I'm sorry. Yes, help me become all you want me to be. Well, let's go ahead and look at the verse that pierced my heart and brought me back to the realization that I need to be salt. It's Matthew 5.13. Here we go. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Well, to unpack this scripture, let's just chat a little bit about salt. How? Really, how important is salt? Is it really that big of a deal? Well, salt is so valuable that years ago, Roman soldiers were sometimes paid in salt. So salt was used as money. That's where that saying, he's not worth his salt, came from. Salt was used as money. So I tried this recently at a restaurant. When the waiter brought me my bill, I just gave him the salt shaker. It didn't work. Don't try it. Salt is important. It used to be used as money. 40 million tons of salt are required each year just to meet our needs. And more wars have been fought over salt than gold. The Greek poet Homer called salt divine. And the, the philosopher Plato said salt is something that's very dear to the gods. Shakespeare mentioned salt 17 times in his plays. And thousands of Napoleon's troops died during his retreat from Moscow because their wounds wouldn't heal. Their bodies lacked the salt to bring healing to the wounds. The number one use of salt in the United States, though, really isn't on food. It's used to de-ice our roads. Maybe you know about that in this part of the country, the, the snow and the ice that you get. The human body contains about four ounces of salt. That means every cell in our body contains salt. So without salt, muscles won't contract, blood won't circulate, food won't digest, and the heart won't beat a beat. So without a doubt, salt is the essence of life. And Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Chatting just a little bit more about salt. The interesting thing about salt is that the chemical properties of salt never change. In other words, salt will always be salt. But you know that the more it becomes diluted the more tasteless it is, um, and it's hard to detect it. For instance, if we took a, a, a teaspoon of salt and put it in just a cup of water, we would taste it. Ugh, we wouldn't want to drink it. But if we put that same amount, just a teaspoon of salt, in a gallon of water or even 10 gallons of water, we probably wouldn't even detect it because it had become so diluted. So although it's almost impossible for salt to lose its saltiness, it can be so diluted that we can't even detect it. Okay, let's get back to what Jesus said to his followers. We, the believers, those, those who call ourselves Christians, we are the salt of the earth. And you know what? That's a good thing. That's a positive thing because salt is good. Really, salt is good. It gives flavor to what we eat. Uh, imagine trying to eat a, a, a little uh, package of french fries without any salt. It makes a big difference in the taste of our food. And whenever we have popcorn, got to have just a little bit of salt and some butter on top of that popcorn, don't we? So just as salt provides flavor for our food, we as Christians are to provide flavor for a dull and heathen and lifeless world around us. A few years ago, <clears throat> I was speaking in a little town in Kansas called Parsons, Kansas. And the pastor um, had some kind of campaign going for his church. I can't remember the exact title of it, so I'm just going to say it was something like Love in Action. And really, the basis of the thing was just go out and do random acts of kindness for people. And if you have a chance, give them this little card that, that says, we love you, Parsons Church of the Nazarene or whatever, and our address, and you're invited. Or if you don't have a chance, that's okay. Just be anonymous, but just do love in action. Do some random acts of kindness. Well, I was there for the weekend, and I had a rental car, and so I thought, I want to get in on this love and action. So after one of the evening services, drove my rental car to my favorite restaurant, Sonic. Do you have Sonic in this part of the United States? Okay. Well, it's my favorite because everything tastes better over crushed ice, doesn't it? Yeah. And so I drove into the stall to order my favorite meal, a burnt hot dog. 
and some Coke on crushed ice. And when the uh, car hop skated out to my window, I paid the bill and I said, okay, love in action. I said, I want to pay a bill for somebody here who hasn't yet paid their bill. And she kind of rolled her eyes. We don't do that here, ma'am. Just your bill is this and you've paid and that's it. And I go, no, 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 no. Somebody here probably hasn't paid for their food yet. And I just want to help somebody out. They don't even know, need to know who did it. Just whoever hasn't paid their bill, let me pay that for them. No, we don't do that. I'm so sure. And she was all confused. And I said, okay, just, just go back into the building and find out who here has not yet paid for their food. Then come back and tell me and I'll pay for it. So she went back into the building. It was kind of being hard to be salt. <laughs> and she came back out, and she rolled her eyes again, and she said, nobody understands what you want to do or why you want to do it, and we just don't do that, and this is this. You've paid your bill, and that's it. And at that time, a van happened to drive in. So I said, okay, that, that red van, we know they haven't paid for their food because they just drove in. So whatever they order, you find out what it is, and then come tell me, and I'll pay their bill. <laughs> And so she, I, at this time, I wanted to throw my salt in her face, but I, <laughs> but I didn't. And so finally she came back. She told me what the bill was. How did I know that was a van full of a youth group of hungry teenagers? <laughs> How did I know that was going to be more than $3.83 and it was going to be 30-some? No, sometimes it costs to be salt to our world. But Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the world. And I need you to be flavor to a lost and dying world. Jesus says, we're the spice of life. He says, you are to add flavor to the dull and empty lives of the people around you. I want us to look at that same scripture, Matthew 5, 13, from the message. I like the way it's phrased in the message. Here we go. Let me tell you why you're here. Sometimes we just wring our hands and we think, Ugh, what's my purpose? Really, why am I here? Well, Jesus is saying, let me tell you. <laughs> Jesus is saying, hey, I'll tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Wow. I love that. The reason we are here is to bring out the very God flavor of himself to those around us. Now, that's a big responsibility, and we can't do that on our own, can we? No, only through the Holy Spirit working in us and through us can we really be salt and bring out the God flavors of the world around us. So let's do a quick recap. Salt is good. Why? Because it provides flavor, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. But salt also preserves. You see, something else that salt does is it preserves life. It, it holds back decay. Now, we don't have to think about that a whole lot today because we buy our meat and just pop it in the refrigerator or stick it into the freezer for, for a while. But before refrigeration, people would use salt to prevent their meat from decaying. How? How would that work? Well, the salt removes the moisture from the, inside the meat. Here's how it works. You have to coat the meat with salt and then rub it in good. And when that meat is carefully packed in salt, it will preserve for long periods of time. Well, the parallel is that when we're consumed with Christ, when his spirit is all over our lives, inside and out, we're sealed. And he keeps us from spiritual decay. So if you're experiencing some spiritual decay, it could be that you may not be completely saturated with Christ. I don't know, Susie. I mean, hey, I'm a Christian. I ask God to forgive my sins. In fact, I'd even say he's number one. He's number one. He's number one in my life. Well, that may be the problem because you see, he doesn't want to be number one in your life. What? Buddy and Gay, where'd you get this girl from? <laughs> Oklahoma City, but that's beside the point. He doesn't want to be number one in your life. Because he knows that what we usually put in the number one spot will eventually get shoved to the number two spot. Or maybe the number three spot. And he won't settle for being number one in your life. He wants to be your life. He wants to saturate you. He wants to immerse you in himself. He wants to permeate you. He wants to consume you. Not be just number one. But he wants to be your life. He doesn't want to just live 
quietly in your heart, but he wants to get inside your thoughts. He wants to rearrange your thinking so that the things that break the heart of Jesus would break your heart. The things that make Jesus cry would bring tear to your, tears to your eyes. <laughs> the evil and the injustice in the world that would bring Jesus to his feet in righteous anger would bring you to your feet in righteous anger so that you too could stand up and say in boldness, that's sin, I need to walk away. So not number one. He wants to be your life, wants to consume you. He wants to saturate you. So quick recap, salt is good. Why? It provides flavor. And salt also preserves. It will prevent decay. Something else that salt does is it creates thirst. We want more. And that's why bars serve pretzels and peanuts. It's to get people to drink more. We taste salt and it's good. And so it makes us thirsty. We want more than salt. Well, when we ask Jesus into our lives, we start living in gratitude. We're happy that he's forgiven our sins. But the more we walk with him, the more we mature in him, we realize he wants to do even more in our lives. He doesn't want to just save us. He wants to sanctify us. He wants to transform us through the power of his Holy Spirit to make us more like him. And so the more we read our Bibles, we realize he's commanding us to be holy. Let's look at it. Be ye holy as I am holy. And so we begin to yearn for more of him. Well, that more that we're yearning for is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's power being released in every area of our lives. And, and it's not something that we'll just naturally grow into. Well, the more I walk with Jesus, I'll just become more like him. No, it, it takes an act. It takes an, an act of saying, I want more of you, and I am, I am dying. It's a dying process. I'm dying to me as I am. Uh, to unpack that, let, let's, let's just go with this illustration. I want you to picture a big old hunk of beef, okay? Well, no, not that hunk of beef. Um, <laughs> let's see, uh, this kind of hunk of beef. Yeah, picture a big old hunk of beef, okay? <laughs> now, let's just imagine that this hunk of beef can think, okay? So let's get inside its thoughts. I hear this beef saying, I can stay the way I am, but my current state is only temporary. It's just a matter of time before I decay. But if I surrender me as I am, if I let the salt permeate me, if I become immersed in this salt, I'll become a completely different hunk of beef. No decay. Well, that's what I want. Well, in the same way, as Christians, we can say, I'm glad that I'm forgiven of my sins. Oh, that feels so good. But I can't live a holy life in my own strength. I've tried, and I just keep failing. And that's when we, like that hunk of beef, say, okay, I'm going to die to me as I am. In other words, I'm giving up me as I currently am, and I'm asking Jesus to release the power of his Holy Spirit into every area of my life. I want him to preserve me, to transform me, and enable me to live a holy life. I want to be salt to those around me. And I want my lifestyle to reflect Jesus. And guess what? When we ask him to do that, he does. And we begin to live in his power. Wow. You see, we want our lives to be so salty that people will want to drink at the spring of living water. We want the Holy Spirit to just ooze out of every area in our life. I have a friend who told a story of a friend of his. <laughs> he said, yeah, he's, I have this friend named Damon, and his wife won't let him eat garlic because he has an interesting physical reaction to garlic. He said, whenever Damon eats garlic, 
it literally begins to ooze out of his pores. I've never heard of this before. But he said, yeah, Damon, the gar- you can see it. You can see the garlic starting to ooze out of his facial pores and in his hands. It just starts to ooze out. He says, you can smell them before you can see them. And so he says, that's why we know that whenever we smell them before we see them, we just know, oh, his wife's out of town and Damon is eating Italian. He's gone out and he's had garlic bread and garlic this and garlic that. Well, in the same way, the Holy Spirit wants to ooze out of every area in our lives. You see, when we interact with people, when we rub shoulders with them, there ought to be enough flavor in our lives from our presence that people actually get thirsty for what we have. So quick recap, salt is good. Why? It provides flavor. Something else salt does is it preserves. It prevents decay. Salt creates thirst. We want more, but there's something else that salt does. Salt causes pain. Ooh, when it gets inside of a wound, it hurts. And unfortunately, it has become very easy for us Christians to pour salt into one another's wounds. Hey, we've never done it that way before. Ouch. Ooh. Well, I know I shouldn't have said that to her, but she had it come. Ouch. Oh. You know, he really struggles with alcohol. Oh, come on. I'm not gossiping. I'm just sharing that uh, so people can pray for him. Ouch. Oh, that hurts. And so we fall into the trap of jealousy or envy, or insecurity, or fear, or pride, or bitterness, or wrong documents, and arguments, and selfishness, and and we end up pouring salt into each other's wounds. Well, that's not right. That's not right. That's not how God wants us to live. That's not holiness. Well, then, what is that? It's salt that has lost its flavor. Let's look at our scripture again. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. None of us want to be thrown out. Let's look at that same scripture one more time from the message. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Well, none of us want to hear God say, I just can't use you. I just can't use you anymore, Susie. If you continue to lose your saltiness, oh, dear God. Oh, dear God, I'm so sorry. I confess. Will you make me salty again? We all want to be used of God. But the truth is, if we lose our saltiness and don't allow him to transform us, break us, reshape us, then we're of no use to him, and he he just can't use us. Asaph was King David's music director. He was in charge of the temple music, and this is where the Ark of the Covenant dwelled. So Asaph had an important job in an important place among important things and important people. He was called to usher in the presence of God with his worship. Now that's a high calling. And as worship leader, Asaph knew God was the object of praise. And as long as he directed his attention to the giver of music, oh, he was captured in genuine worship. His song was magnificent, harmonious melody infused with brilliance, notes impeccably orchestrated in genius. Asaph just lived the song until... Until he shifted his attention from God to people. 
That's when his melody turned melancholy. He lost his way. He lost his saltiness. He had no flavor, and he gave no flavor. Yes, there are times that solid God followers lose their saltiness. What happened? What made Asaph lose his saltiness? What made him lose his flavor? Well, Asaph noticed something that many of us have also struggled with. Hey, why, why is it that ungodly people seem to prosper? I mean, I, I'm serving you, God. So why is it that they're the ones seem, seeming to they're the ones who seem to get blessed, and I don't really seem to be blessed that much. I, I don't understand. You see, he sees that things easily go their way. And he's deeply disturbed, almost to the point of throwing in the towel, as we'll read. Let's look at it. Not only do they have no struggles, but their bodies are healthy and strong. Oh, they're free from common human burdens. They're not plagued by human ills. In other words, why am I down with the flu? And they're not. Why do I suffer with migraines? They never seem to get sick. It seems like they don't struggle with the same problems as everyone else. They don't have a care in the world. Well, one surefire way to lose your saltiness, just compare yourself to other people. That will always take away your flavor. And you'll cease to provide flavor to those around you. And Asaph lost his saltiness. He just lost his saltiness. Let's look at his journal entry. And I say journal entry because it sounds as though he's literally just recording everything in a journal. His journal entry is found in Psalm 73, verses 13 and 14. He wrote Psalm 73. He writes, I've been stupid to play by the rules. What has it gotten me? A long run of bad luck, that's what. A slap in the face every time I walk out the door. Asaph is close to giving up, isn't he? Let's look at what he writes next. Still, when I tried to figure it all out, all I got was a splitting headache. He's so confused, he can't even think straight. And this is often what happens when we lose our saltiness and God is no longer using us. But fortunately, Asaph wants to become salty again, and he turns a corner. Notice his first word in Psalm 73, 17, until... This one word is the game changer. Let's keep reading. Until, until I entered the sanctuary of God. Ah, this is where we find the sweetness of God. There's always salt in God's sanctuary. So let me ask you, where is your sanctuary? Yes, I know that we're here together in this sanctuary at Salem Fields Community Church, but where is your personal, private sanctuary? Yes, it's so important to meet together in corporate worship, but I hope you also have a private, personal place that you enjoy meeting with God. Do you have a war room? The Old Testament prophet Habakkuk had a watchtower. And uh, the first whole chapter of Habakkuk is just a chapter of questions. And he wrestled with some of the same things that Asaph did. But in chapter 2, it's a game changer. And he says in faith, he says in expectancy, I will climb my watchtower and I will wait and I will hear from God. In other words, I'm going to go into my war room. I'm going to go into my closet or my special, private, personal sanctuary, and I will wait, and I will just, just throw out my concerns to God, and I will hear from him in faith, expectantly. I will hear from whom? From him. So you might have a favorite room in your house, or it might be a loved, well-worn spot on a couch, or maybe it's a well-worn recliner that you like to lean back, or a, a, a certain little corner in your house that you love just to cozy up and meet with God and pull out your Bible. We all need a sanctuary where we can just shut out all the distractions around us and truly hear from God. This is how we find redirection. And this is when the Holy Spirit ministers to us in a deep bone marrow type of way. Now, throughout the remainder of Psalm 73, we see Asaph gets his flavor back. He becomes salty again, and God continues to use him in dynamic ways. 
Well, God yearns to use you. He wants to do good things through you. He wants to promote flavor through you instead of inflicting pain in those around you. He wants to preserve you from spiritual decay. But Christ does warn us against losing our saltiness. So let's wrap this up by highlighting how we can maintain our saltiness. Here's how we can maintain our saltiness. Spend time with God daily. Just do it. Every single day. Make time to be with God. Another way to maintain your saltiness is read the Bible consistently. A poll was recently taken. The George Barna group took a poll. And the results were the majority of Christians only read the Bible when it's flashed on the screen on Sunday mornings when their pastor puts it up there. How can we expect to be salty? How can we expect to grow and to become intimate with Christ if we're not reading our Bible consistently? And that would mean more than seeing it on a screen in a church service. Another way we can maintain our saltiness is to enter the sanctuary of God. Yes, certainly be faithful in your church attendance here, but also create your own personal private quiet time with God, your own sanctuary with God, and do it daily. Another way to maintain your saltiness is ask him to point out anything in your life that's not pleasing to him and then surrender it. Let's look at Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God. Search me and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad and lead me along the path of everlasting life. The other way of maintaining our saltiness is pass the salt, please. In other words, be Jesus to those around you. Be the God flavor to a dull and empty world around you. Be Jesus to your world. Bring out the God flavors everywhere you go. Let the Holy Spirit just ooze through every pore of your being so that when people get around you, they're actually thirsty for what you have and they want more. So this morning, could it be that some of you have lost your flavor? I did. And I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit who is faithful to say, hey, I see something in your life that isn't right. God loves you too much to let you stay this way. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. It breaks my heart that I've, that I've, I've blown it. But would you make me salty again? Yes, he is so faithful. He wants to make us salty. Maybe you've lost some of your flavor. And as we've seen with Asaph, even godly people can lose their flavor. And I want you to know God can and will make you salty again if you'll let him. Or it could be this morning that you're hurting. You're in pain this morning because someone has poured salt in your wound. Now, we kind of halfway expect the people of the world to do that. They don't know what they're doing. They're not guided by Jesus. But when we as Christians start pouring salt in each other's wounds... When the church starts pouring salt in the church, oh, all oh, that hurts. And it could be that you're in pain this morning, and I want you to know God wants to bring healing to you. Maybe you've forgiven, maybe you've experienced forgiveness for your sins. You've asked God to forgive you for your sins, and when you ask him to do that, he does. And so he's forgiven your sins. and You have a relationship with him. You're walking with him. You love him. But you've just started to decay a little bit spiritually. But you'd love to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this morning you want Christ to seal you. To preserve you. To seal you with his Holy Spirit. And to release his supernatural power into every area of your life. Well, we have some things to pray about this morning, don't we? Yeah. Maybe I've lost some of my saltiness and I need to pray about that. <laughs> Maybe I need the Holy Spirit to preserve me because I'm, I'm sensing some spiritual decay in my life. And I've experienced forgiveness for sins, but I've never really 
allowed the Holy Spirit to release his power in every area of my life. We have a word for that in the Church of the Nazarene. We call it sanctification, being transformed, being cleansed within, and God would love to do that. Or it could be that you're in pain. Jesus, I'm hurting. Would you start the healing process that I need this morning? Because I've been wounded. Somebody's poured salt in my wounds. <sighs> yes, Susie, I, I can identify with one of those things. Yeah. I have some things to pray about. I'm not really sure, though, how to do it. I'm not really sure how to get what I need. Well, how about this? How about if we come just as I am? Yeah, let's just admit I'm coming broken to be wounded. <laughs> I'm coming desperate to be healed. I'm coming just as I am because, Jesus, I don't know any other way to come except just as I am. And I thank you that you love me so much, you don't leave me the way I am, but you love me so much to hurt my heart if necessary, to hurt my feelings and say, hey, Susie, <laughs> you, you're losing some saltiness here. And I don't want that to happen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Make me salty again. Jesus, begin her healing the pain, or it could be that you've poured salt in somebody else's wound, and you want to say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I don't want to be somebody who inflicts pain in the life of another person. Jesus, I need you to preserve me, to release the power of your spirit into every area of my life so that I can live a holy life because I can't do it on my own. I've tried, and I just can't do it. So it's going to be up to you now. Like that hunk of beef, I'm going to die. I'm going to surrender me as I am so that you can preserve and seal me with your Holy Spirit. Would you stand, please? Would you just bow your heads and silently ask Jesus this? Father, ha have I lost my saltiness? If so, would you, would you let me know that right now? Would you ask him this, dear Jesus, have I started to decay a bit spiritually? Just like going to the dentist, Jesus, would you search me and see if there's any spiritual decay in my life? And if so, bring it to my mind. I don't want to have decay in my life. Dear Jesus, thank you that you've forgiven my sins, but, but I yearn for more. I'm thirsty for more of you. Well, that more is being cleansed and transformed and sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit oozing through your life. Yeah, Jesus, that's what I want this morning. Or Jesus, I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I need you to touch me and begin healing me this morning. Would you just say that to him right now? And then would you join Jody and me as we sing together? Just as I am. How am I going to come? I'm coming just as I am. No errors, no pretenses. I admit I'm coming broken because I want to be wounded. I'm coming desperate. I want to be healed. I'm coming just as I am. Would you come now? Just come to the front as we begin this song.
whatever their need is this morning and I know there are more standing who didn't come forward but yet you know their need Father whether they're hurting and they need you to begin the healing process or whether they want to be healed I mean sealed Lord I, I thank you that I'm forgiven but I want more Lord I pray that this morning you would seal them with your spirit and release your power in every area of their lives or Jesus, it could be that they've lost their saltiness and you want to make them salty again. Thank you for helping them see that. Lord, whatever the need is, you know what it is. And Father, with resurrection power, we ask that you meet that need right here, right now. Thank you, Jesus. We know you are faithful. And we know that you love it when we come to you with our needs and say, okay, here's where I'm lacking. Here's what I need. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, thank you with your power and with your authority that you meet these needs represented here this morning. Oh, we love you, Jesus. And we ask you that you would empower us to bring out your God flavors everywhere we go. In restaurants, in grocery stores, while we're driving, while we're on the telephone. Everything we do, everywhere we go, let it be a reflection of you. We love you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. 